Welcome to Bold Becoming Identity Retooled. This podcast is where we explore the landscape of the immensity of landmines that exist for people who've lost their sense of identity, who've been shaken to the core, and are relearning who they are now that a part of them is lost. It's stories of how people manage this struggle, regain their footing, and the gifts they've discovered along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Ms. Arletha. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks so much for showing up on this show of tough conversations. And so today we have Ms. Arletha Orr from Mississippi. Yay! Born and raised (laughs) to talk about unbearable family tragedy Mm -hmm. and from the perspective, of course, of how it's changed your identity because basically you lost your husband and two children in an accident and you went from, I'm assuming, a kind of normal life to all of a sudden, I don't know yes. how it happened. So, and, and what, how that changed your, your identity. So let's hear about it. And um, I hope you don't mind me interrupting probably more than you want. I don't mind at all. And feel free to ask me whatever you want. I am very open about it and transparent because I want to help others. Yeah, others grieving. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm definitely open about it. Well, my name, I am the Arletha Orr. And in 2015, it was 2016. It was a normal day for us. Work, school, just the- Who who is us? Who is us? Me and my children, because my husband worked at night. So it's me and my children. So I would get up and get them ready for school and take them to school in the morning. Just a normal day, uh, the normal routine. We wake up, eat, play. (laughs) We're always running behind. So we run a little bit late. (laughs) So, but I get them, uh, get them up, get them dressed. I drop my daughter off at school first. And then I drop my son off at daycare center. They had a normal day at school. It was field day at school for my daughter. So it was close to the last day of the school, of the year for the school. Mm-hmm. I had a normal day at work. Nothing out of the ordinary. My husband, I was supposed to pick up my children that day. So my husband called me around 4.30, I think somewhere around that 4, 4.30, and said that he was awake and he would pick them up from school. And I was like, okay, well, if you're up, then I'll just stay at work a little bit later. So I decided to stay at work a little bit longer. I probably left about 5.30, 5.45, maybe somewhere in there. And as I was on my way to the house, well, I was actually in Florida because I live in Florida, Mississippi. So I was actually in Florida on my way to the house. And I received a call on my cell phone. And the lady was like, your husband just got hit by a train. I'm like, huh? are you serious? She's like, yeah. She's like, doesn't he drive a red truck? So my immediate thoughts were, okay, my children are in a truck. He has my babies with him. I was like, no. She said, yeah, he's been hit by a truck. I said, where are they? So she tells me where they are. And I immediately go to the location. So there I arrived. And who, who was the woman? She is a resident in Florida. She knew me, but she's a resident in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I was like five minutes away from the actual location, about three to five minutes from the actual location. So once she told me, I immediately went to the location and there I pulled up and the truck was on the track. And of course I'm like, is this really happening to me? Is this my life right now? So I see my husband's truck on the track. He had just picked my children up from the daycare center. They were on their way home. They were five minutes from home about five minutes away from home. Yes. They're on their way to the house. They had just picked them up from daycare center. Um, and I'm sitting there, get, I pull up in my truck and I get out and I walk down because I think the train pushed them probably like a mile down the track because it was an Amtrak train that hit them. So I get out and park and I walk down to where I'm right there in front of the actual truck. And I'm looking like, okay, this is really not real. Like, this is not happening. <laughs> so I was in a state of shock, but the only thing I could do at that present moment was pray. That is the only thing that I could actually do. I think I was probably crying as well, of course, and praying because it's the only thing I remember saying, just praying, praying. That's all I could do. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I was waiting for them to get there for somebody to come to help. They kept- You got me- there before any emergency people. Yes. 
it was me and some more people out there that were around and that had stopped. So we're standing out there waiting and they're telling me the ambulance are on their way. They're coming to take them to the hospital. The ambulances will be here in a second. They're going to take them to the hospital. They're going to be fine. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, they need to come on. I'm ready for the people to get here so they can take them to the hospital. Everybody will be fine. We'll, <laughs> we may have to stay in the hospital a couple of days, you know, till they get back to where they need to be. But eventually they'll be fine and we'll get back to our normal lives. It seemed like it took forever for those people to arrive. I kid you not. I'm sitting, we're still out there. They're telling me it's going to be okay. They're rubbing my back. In your mind, when you- but This is this is in a city location. You're not out in the middle of nowhere, right? We're in a small town. We're in a small town. Okay, you're so in a small it's not town. that big. Yeah, we're in a small town. It's not that big, but it's kind of like secluded like. But we're out there just waiting. And of course, they're telling me they're on their way. They're on their way. They're telling me it's going to be okay. When you think about somebody being hit by a train, you immediately know, okay, there's no way no one can survive. But the, the, the speed of the train and the weight of the impact has a lot of power behind it. It does. It does. But as a mother and a wife, if that's your family up there, you're thinking, yeah. okay, well, well, maybe somebody can somebody will live uh maybe you know like i said we'll oh, go to the hospital yeah we might have to stay there a little while but you keep you keep that. hope until there is no hope left exactly 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 so finally the ambulance arrived and i'm like okay they got here extremely too late but they finally get there they go up to the truck to the train track and i saw them when they actually pulled my husband out of the truck they laid him on the ground and I didn't think anything about it at the time. I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he's still fine. Maybe everything will be okay. But they actually laid him on the ground. I saw them doing some stuff, and I can't remember what happened after that. So, and then the police came, and then other people came, um, and then other people from the community came. So there, the news station came. So then it began to be a lot of people out there. So during that time, I was still thinking, okay, maybe somebody will be okay. Maybe this is not happening. Maybe this is not my reality. So the chief of police came and said, we're sorry, but uh, your husband and your child has passed. I'm like, child, where's my, where's my baby? Because <laughs> it was two children in the truck, my seven-year-old, my one-year-old. And I'm like, where's my baby? So another police called him to the side and he was like, it was two children and one adult. So he came back and said, your two children and your husband have passed. At that moment, <sighs> I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to respond. There wasn't just anything there. to say. Absolutely nothing. I just stood there and looked at him. He probably was like, okay, she's going to snap out of it. But I couldn't say anything. He asked me, he said, um, who do you want? What funeral home do you want to come and get them? I want to say, man, you just told me my family was gone. How can I think of a funeral home just, just that quick? My mind is still processing the other thought you just told me. So my aunt, she was standing there and she gave him the name of the funeral home. She said, our family normally use this funeral, this funeral home. So she gave them that name. And I guess the police called the funeral home because I was still just shocked and in disbelief. So eventually the funeral home came. I did not want to leave from that place until I knew my babies were safe in a, in a sense, you know, I know where they were gone, but I still just wanted to make sure they were quote unquote safe off the tracks somewhere. I don't know. I guess as a mother, you just, it's just that, that mother instinct that you want your children safe at all times. So I didn't want to leave my babies outside at night on a train track. So they would not so, let me. So speak. this is this is this is a, a, a step towards closure. It's why on battlefields they bring the bodies home. Mm -hmm. You know they're already dead. Right. What does it matter? But it does, right? It does. It does because I want to make sure that they were safe. I want to make sure they were taken care of. So I knew once they were in the hands of the funeral home that they will be safe and they will be taken care of so I waited and stayed out there until they got them of course they wouldn't let me see them yeah so what does taking care of mean to you what does safe um, and taking care of mean to you 
So if we saying for this instance, being on a track, on a train track, is just like laying out in the road to me, being left in the street. But if I know they're taking to a building into a place where they're going to be, I guess this will sound weird, cared for more, yeah. that makes me feel better. So and I didn't then their bodily integrity is being protected. Right. Even though they're gone. Yes. They still deserve the dignity of being taken safe and taken care of care for. Exactly. Exactly. And I was gonna stay right there until I knew that they were in the car getting pulled off. I could not leave. It was kind of your last kind of this makes me cry. Your last act of motherhood and and being a wife. Yes. Right? It's like, yes. okay, this is they need to have this done. And I'm gonna make sure it gets done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because those those are still my babies. They they were still oh, yeah. my babies. Like I said, it was just a normal day for me. Um, and then to come home and walk into that or on my way home to actually have that to happen, it was like, okay, my world just shifted. Like what just happened? So they, they're still my babies at that moment. I'm still thinking, okay, these are my children. Like I still have to care and protect them <laughs> in a sense. So once the funeral home got there and they put them in a the car, they wouldn't let me see them. And they took them on to the funeral home. And then I left and went to my grandmother's house. And like I said, there was a lot of people out there because the community is a small town. When we see an accident or something, everybody kind of flocks to it. So people were everywhere. People, I had a couple of people come up to me and hug me. I can't even remember who did or who, who was that. Yeah. But I remember going to my grandmother's house because um, she lived right down the street. So my grandmother mm -hmm. lived right down the street. She was like two minutes away. So we went to my grandmother's house and some more people came by there, of course, um, because that's just what we do in the South. And I remember laying on the couch and my dad he was there I was laying on his shoulder and I was just crying and I, I don't know how long we stayed probably about an hour or two I'm not really sure but I was just crying because I didn't know what else to do I, I literally didn't know what else to do like I was just I was just torn apart at that moment well in retrospect was there anything else for you to do nothing nothing right. nothing absolutely nothing nothing so we, we I come from a family of singing musical inclined family so a couple of friends came over and some of my family and then they just began to sing and that kind of helped lifted the burden off uh just a little bit not all the way but it helped just a little bit so we kind of sang we sung and did some praying um that night I went to sleep I rested well the next morning I got up and it was like wow, this is actually my reality. I went to my mom's house. This is my reality. This is the beginning of a new life for me mm -hmm. because those were my only two children and my only husband, of course. So <laughs> this is actually a new life for me. Um, I was laying on the couch at my mom's house and I was crying and grief hurt so bad. Like it felt like somebody was literally piercing a knife through my heart. Mm -hmm. it, it was hurting that bad. Like it literally hurt it. I've never felt that kind of pain before in my life, but I was laying there on the couch and I was crying. I said, God, what do you want me to do now? What do you expect me to do now that I no longer have my children and my husband? Because my life basically consists of work, church, and my family. Hmm. But now I no longer have my family. What, what am I to do? What do you expect me to do? And the spirit said something very profound to me and it stuck with me then, even till this day, he spoke the word live. And I'm like, how do I live? What do you, what do you mean by live? I'm alive. <laughs> so what, how am I living? And wait, wait, and the word was live? Live, L-I-V-E, live. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. So you were given permission to go on with your life. Ah, yes. Someone said that the other day. I give you permission to be happy. God gave me permission to live. He gave me permission to be happy. He gave that me just gives me such chills. Yes, 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 yes. So I was like, how do I live? How do I continue to go next, from this place of where I am? Next question, answer me how. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said. He just spoke live again. I was like, okay, now I need some instructions on what to do. 
if I have to try to do this without the people that I'm used to doing it without my comfort zone, basically I have to step outside of my comfort zone and do something. I need to know what to do. He said, you've always lived for other people. Now it's time for you to live for yourself. Okay. All right. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So this, this is a message that so many people need to hear and understand and heed to mm -hmm. without having to go through what you went through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is so amazing how this clarity, crystal clear clarity came to you at the time of the most crisis, basically anybody could have, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. every, so everybody out there in the audience, don't wait until you have crystal clear clarity. Just take it as a given that we need to also live for ourselves. Exactly. 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 I, I agree. So when I got the second time, I immediately got up. I dried my tears and I walked outside because my mom was outside watering flowers. So I went outside. She was outside just being so normal when such, mm -hmm. when your entire world just went inside out. I believe that was her way of dealing with it. I believe, well, yeah. Because I, yeah, because I think she probably took it harder than me because she said, I had a conference not too long ago and she stated in a conference that she asked me, did I want to go talk to a therapist or did I want to get help? And I told her no, but she said at that moment, she wanted to get help. She felt like she needed to get help. So I guess if I would have said yes, she would have gone with me, but she said she gained strength from my strength. So wow. to help her get through it. So I immediately got up and I went on about my day. I'm not saying that I did not have moments, you know, from that time because I still had to go back to my house and all of that. And I, of course, I think about them. But at that given moment, he gave me a word to live and he gave me encouragement to go on. So which, which, wait, so which your mom didn't get those messages? Said it again? Your mom did, did not receive those messages. No. And so that might be how she took it harder than you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I was the only one that he gave those divine instructions to. <laughs> So when I look at the word live um, and what God meant to me about living is, I don't want to say it's selfish, uh, but most of the time when we're parents or when we're wives, women in, in general, women, we always put other people <laughs> before ourselves. And well, aren't, always, we aren't we trained to do that? Yes. And we're always <laughs> trying to make sure everybody else is taken care of except us. So what I gained from that is, and you know how we, most of the time we put off things, say like, if we want to go yeah. out to dinner, if we want to go out to the movies, we'll be like, okay, well, I'll wait to the weekend to do that. I'll wait till Saturday. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to get up in the morning. I can wait to the weekend and take care of that and do that. Why? Why not do it today? If it's Tuesday and I want to go out to dinner tonight, I'm going to go out to dinner. If today is Thursday, if I feel like I want to go to the movies tonight, I'm going to go to the movies. If I wake up in the morning and feel like I want to drive to Memphis or Atlanta, guess what? I am going to do that because I believe that we should not put off today for tomorrow because if you put off those moments, you'll be continually waiting. Um, and what if those chances never come around? And, and tomorrow's not assured. Tomorrow's not promised. One thing that reminds me of that as well is I used to say that I want to take my daughter to the beach. Uh, in my mind, okay, I'm thinking, well, this has to be a summer trip. We can just go during the summer when school is out. They're only out two months throughout the whole year. And then I was like, okay, well, we can go on the weekend. I could just take, we can go up there on a weekday, drive up there on a Saturday, come back home that same night because I was a full-time musician. So I had to be at church on Sunday. <laughs> so we can drive up there that Saturday morning, come back that Saturday night, enjoy our day at the beach. And it'll be just the same as, you know, staying a whole week because it's the experience and not just, you know, the idea of going but I never did get to do that. So mm -hmm. I don't regret that I did not get to do it, but it's just taught me still, you know, to do things that you want to do, live life, enjoy life. Don't put off for today for tomorrow. If you feel like you want to do something, of course, if it's not hurting anybody, if it's for your, your, uh, your betterment of yourself, the benefit of yourself, go for it. Why wait? Yeah, I was going to, I didn't want to interrupt you in there, but let me think what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, 
I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> that, that's why I have to always interrupt because, uh, but, the, but it's, it's something about, no, I'm sorry. Just it went, it had, to, it had something to do with don't wait on things. Mm -hmm. Definitely don't, don't wait, keep going. Um, and that's what I decided to do with my life. That's the decision that I made. Sometimes people may take it the wrong way, but you know, they don't understand, you know, you don't right. understand where I came from. <laughs> wait, wait. So what, what do they take the wrong way? When I say, okay, I'm basically going to do what I want to do. If it's not hurting anybody, like I said, if I want to go to dinner tonight, I go to dinner. If I want to go to the movies, if I want to go out of town, I would do that. Some people may perceive that as, okay, you're being selfish and you're just doing things your way and no other way. Well, you don't know what I had to go through to get to where I am. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. paid a major cost to get this word. So I've been encouraged and inspired to live this word out because yeah. for so long, like I said, we as women, we do things for other people. We take care of other people. We put other people's before our needs and we never take care of ourselves. So we have to learn to take care of ourselves, live for ourselves and do things for ourselves. It's okay. It's, it's, it's really okay to take care of yourself. It's not only okay, it's our responsibility Yes. to make ourselves happy Yes. and take care of ourselves. Yes. And I, I was um, recommended to learn to meditate, to like deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this meditation group and I felt, I going in, I felt like, well, this is so selfish, you know, to take out this time for myself to meditate. Wow. And, and I was dumbfounded that everybody, like all 30 of us in the group sort of felt the same way. Wow. And, then the, and then the teacher made it very clear. There is absolutely nothing selfish about wow. self-care because the more that we take care of ourselves and pursue our own happiness, mm -hmm. the better we are to be around for other people, the better we can treat other people because when we keep denying ourselves, yes. then it becomes easier to be really hard on other people. Exactly, exactly. We have to take care of ourselves so that we can be around in order to help others. So and, we don't and to be around, yes. Yeah, yeah, if we don't take care of ourselves, then eventually you know if you don't take care of yourself you get bad habits you get unhealthy all of that so we have to take care of ourselves in order to be around to help other people and also to live a vibrant and a healthy life for ourselves because like you said you can't be trying to help somebody else if you're not any good to help yourself so you can't you can't pour from an empty vessel so exactly. we have to have things yeah so yeah. let me ask you Back sort of to the identity angle of this. So you were a regular mom, a regular wife, a regular employee mm -hmm. before all this happened with all the problems and benefits of being alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what was your identity then? And what is your identity now that you have come into this new person after you have process the grief not that we ever finish processing grief for mm -hmm. something like this what what are the differences and also what along the journey did you do to make it besides this these words from god how right. did you implement that i guess because okay. because people they're one way and then the rugs pulled out from under them and then they're in this middle space called mm -hmm. liminality where everything is disoriented and ambiguous and you don't even know where the next direction is mm -hmm. you had this this moment of clarity from god to, to help direct you mm -hmm. and still it was on you to get to where he said because you didn't just next day start no. living your life no and no. so so how were you before and how are you now part a of the question and then part b of the question how did you actually go through that transition okay so then i was a full-time musician i've been playing the piano since i was 15 years old Good i'm 37 right now but i've been playing since i was 15 years old at churches uh so it was work church i was working for somebody else working for the state 
in Mississippi, work, church, and my family. Versus now, I no longer have my family. So I ventured out into full-time entrepreneurship. At the moment when I was in ninth, 10th grade, I always knew that I wanted to have a company and start working for myself one day and not just work for somebody else. So I began to focus more on my dreams and to implement those. I've been an event planner for 15 years. This year, January, 2022, is when I came to the realization that event planning is not for you. That's not your purpose. So I believe God allowed that to happen to get me to my purpose. Then he decided in 2016, May the 18th, that, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take her family so that she can get to her purpose. No, that day, that moment was ordained back when I was in my mother's womb, that's the Bible say, <laughs> back in 1985. He already knew that that day would come and that this moment would come. So I believe what it has done is, I believe God graced me to help other people get through the process of grief because I didn't have to go through, I wasn't depressed. I didn't have to take any medications or anything like that. So I believe he has graced me to help other people, to encourage other people to get through the process. I am a certified life coach, certified grief coach to help other people get through that if they want to come out. Because most of the times, like I said, it hurts. It hurts really, really bad. And sometimes we get stuck there. We get stuck in that place because we don't feel like we can move forward. And sometimes we do need a little encouragement. How did you you not get stuck besides that, that, what God said? What else did you add to that equation? Because he gave you the instructions, but you had to carry them out. So how did that? It was the word. It was, it was the word. I I don't know any other way to explain it. It was was a mantra every, it just didn't allow you to. When I wanted to give up, when I felt like throwing in the towel and like, okay, this is not for me. I can't do this anymore. Okay. The word will come back, live. I'm like, I thought I heard that a couple months ago. <laughs> Why is it coming back again? Because I need you to stay focused on what I'm saying. Because that in, in itself is a lot and its entirety is, is a whole lot. So I was reminded of the word and also scriptures from the Bible um, to keep going, to don't give up, to stay encouraged. Uh, And I also wrote a book entitled Live to help other people get through the process, tell them about my process and to get through it as well, because my book may reach somebody that I cannot. It's available around the world, but let's say somebody's in another state or another country. If I don't ever get to meet them, if they're out looking online or something and they look up grief or whatever, they may see that book and that book may help them. So I was encouraged and inspired to keep going and to stay motivated and remember my purpose. Because sometimes we kind of forget our purpose along the way. Like I said, this year, I decided to go full time into what I believe is my God-given purpose. And that's to, that is to help others. So when I remember my purpose, it kind of keeps me going because I kid you not, you know, sometimes we do want to give up when things are not going our way or when things feel like they're not going the way it should go. Uh, when it's like failure after failure, um, nothing's happening right or nothing's sounding like it's going right in my life. We still have to stay focused on our purpose, stay, stay focused on our goals and our dreams and continue to seek after those things. Because if we stay focused on what we're supposed to do and be led by God, then he will lead us in the right direction on how to do it and how to get it done. Now, what from, from your childhood or early young person what happened then that you drew upon in this dark time okay so this is very interesting that you asked me that we were just talking about this around christmas time when i was younger i used to always like to read and write and I used to want to be a school teacher. But my mom told me, don't be a school teacher, be something else to basically make money. Because they were saying school teachers didn't make money. Okay. No, they don't. Social workers <laughs> don't either. That's what I did. I was like, I didn't want I didn't want to go into nursing because like my mom, because they they did all the work and the doctors got all the money. Uh-huh. But then I ended up in social work and it's like the same as teaching as you just, and my dad was a teacher. You don't make any money there either. Really? <laughs> and I enjoyed reading and writing and I didn't know then where it, the impact or effect that it had on my life. 
Um, but my mom said, don't do that. Go to school to be something else. So I decided I wanted to be a pediatrician. Okay, found out pediatricians, doctors, 10 years. I can't go to school that long. I'd be a registered nurse. <laughs> Went up going to nursing school. My daughter was five months old. I always loved computers. So nursing school didn't work out. Found out that I can do the medical field and work on a computer with health information technology. Went to school, got my degree. Bam, that was it. Okay, but I'm still like, what am I going to do with this? This is not really something that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll have to say this. I wrote a, recently wrote a book. I believe that from my childhood is coming back up or stirring back up now to my present life because that is where I'm supposed to be in my life. And I'm also working on a children's book as well about grief. So it was instilled in me when I was young or however it came about. Or it was part of you as you were young. Right. I got detoured from it. I went another way and tried to do different things, but guess what? I'm right back to that same place again. So that's, that's what I kind of think in my childhood kind of resonates with me now because that's how it was then. And now I'm back right here at the same place again. Wow. Yes. Now what to you, what's your definition of courage? My definition of courage is to be strong and don't give up because like I said, sometimes, you know, life gets hard. Life, life sucks sometimes (laughs) just, just a reality. It gets hard, but we have to remain strong, keep our faith. I keep my faith in God. I know some people have a higher power. They might not believe in God, but keep your faith strong. And I believe we'll make it through. You'll make it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're mentoring, because you are mentoring people through this work, what made you, what's something that made you successful that you pass on to these people? Because not everybody's going to get these downloads directly from God to tell them exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So how do you, what are some of your success things that you pass on? What I try to do is reassure them that it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be at peace. Uh, Like someone said today, I give you permission to be happy because most of the time we get stuck there and we feel like this is where we're supposed to be and this is where we're supposed to stay. I've been talking to one lady and she said, okay, I'm feeling better. I feel much better, but will I forget my daughter? Mm No. No. Just because you heal does not mean you'll forget your daughter. In actuality, your daughter probably wants you to go ahead and heal, you know? But we try to hold on to it and try to be sad, but when we should move forward. So just because you're healing doesn't mean that you're going to forget your loved one. Just because you're healing doesn't mean that you're going to forget the bad divorce that you've been through because grief can be anything. Just because you're healing doesn't mean you're going to forget anything. You always remember it. But it's okay to heal and move forward and be at peace. Who wants to live a life that's sad, that's depressed? Should no one should want to? So it's okay to live. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be at peace. It's okay to have joy. It's okay to smile again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially when it comes to to loss through death, and especially untimely death. Yeah. I think people feel like they they don't want to be happy because then that means they're betraying mm. their their relationship with the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 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 How do you how do you help people with that? I would say that person would want you to be happy. Because if they were here, they would want you to be happy, they want you to be smiling, they want you to live your best life. So now that they're not here, just think of how they would want you to live. If most people think of how that person would want them to live, I think it'd be better for them. Uh, But like you said, most people, they want to, they feel betrayed or they feel guilty for moving on and for being happy, but it's okay. It's Mm -hmm. literally okay to be happy and to move on. And it's not only okay, you need to for the others around you, because I'm I'm thinking of so I lived in, as an exchange student in South America, Colombia, mm-hmm. and, you know, they have lots of problems there. Mm-hmm. And anyway, my exchange family cousin 
later later on after I had lived there um, during the Pablo Escobar time. Um, so she had one son, let's see, so she had her oldest son murdered mistakenly because he was wearing his cousin's jacket. They thought they were murdering his cousin, but they murdered him instead because he was they mistook him. Wow. Then then she had a, her next son beat in front of her and kidnapped and miraculously released and not murdered. And so he lived, but then he he um then, then they moved from that town back to the city because when the first one was murdered, they moved from the city to a little town. Then the other one got kidnapped and they then got released. And so then they moved back to the city. And so then this littlest brother wanted to go to some function out in the town. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the guy who had got kidnapped, when they asked his name, he gave the little brother's name. And so then, when this little brother wanted to go back to the town that he was trying to keep him from it and anyway he went and then he got pulled out of church there's like who who is you know on hell and he raised his hand and he came out of church and they murdered him oh wow thinking it was the other one the other one so this poor mom you know she had like all these problems and so it. i remember her brother who always helped support her telling her nana you know so she was so depressed obviously mm -hmm. and, and he was telling her nana you have got to live you have to continue to live because you still have two kids who need you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's that's the whole thing is that we can have all of this tragedy mm -hmm. and even if we don't have kids there's still other people out there in the world who need us. Yes, yes. And so, yes, there are there is stuff galore in life to make us feel like just putting a pillow over our head and never getting up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then you're just sort of adding to to the problem. Right. And another thing that encouraged me is I was supposed to pick up my children from school that day. I was literally supposed to pick them up from school that day. So what if I had been hit by the train? I'm, I got, you know, I'm, I'm sad that I lost my husband. What if I had been hit by the train? So then my thoughts go to, okay, you left me here. So why am I still here? Right. Because why me? Not, not. Yeah. yeah. So if I was supposed to pick them up from there, that means I was supposed to actually be in the train accident and I'm not supposed to be here now, but because I'm here, what purpose do I have? Mm -hmm. What purpose or who am I to serve? And I'm just, I'm just in an amazement at how God does things. And I use God a lot because this, that's just the only way. That's just the only thing that I know. I'm amazed at how he does things because I'm like, okay, well, you left me here. So I know I have a purpose. Not saying that they didn't have purpose and they probably fulfill their purpose on earth, but right. because I'm still here and I know that I was supposed to pick them up that day, I have a purpose. And I'm not sure how far or how many people I'm supposed to reach, but I am goal set oriented ready to achieve those goals to achieve that purpose and reach everybody to help them and encourage them to keep going because he he left me here for a purpose for a reason <laughs> so if you could if you could define your new identity can you just give me some characteristics that, huh. that, that, you, that you didn't have before that now because of this forced identity transition you have I am stronger, stronger in my faith, because like I said, he left me here for the purpose, for a purpose. I no longer take life for granted or the little things for granted. Mm -hmm. I never did like confusion in my life, but now I really don't like it because at any given moment, we can be gone. We can be out of here. So I don't waste my time with negative things. Um, I've always kind of been a positive person, but now it's just like the reality is sitting in. My son was one year old. He would have been two in December. The accident was in May. He would have been two in December. A one year old child. You know, when I was younger, we always used to hear about older people passing away. Right. But my baby's one year old. Tomorrow is not promised. The next second is not promised. So 
I live my life now. I'm more, I'm happier, uh, full of joy, full of peace. And I refuse to be disturbed by anybody that tries to disturb that because life is just too short. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just too short. And I pray that I fulfill my purpose. I do everything that I'm destined to do before I leave this earth. But while I'm here, I'm like the people say, the, the younger people say, I'm going to live my best life. <laughs> And do what I'm supposed to do because I know that I have purpose and I know that I have a reason to be here. And the Miss Arlita before, how 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 was she? My daughter. No, how were you before? Before you know, <laughs> I was content. You know, we we'll get married, we we'll get lazy, and all that. I was content. Uh, in my marriage, just a regular mom, a regular, <laughs> regular wife. Uh, now I'll probably say I'm a little more funner because <laughs> a little more adventures because um, I take chances, live life. So yeah, back then just a regular mom, go to work, just come home. Kick back. Yeah, just more kick back, laid back. But now it's like, okay. Now you got this motor inside of you that is not, there's no neutral. Mm -mm. It's, just, it's just like full steam ahead mm -hmm. excitement joy what who can i help because I, I like to help people who can i help what can i do to help somebody um uh, or what can i do for me that's going to benefit me or help right. me so right. yes yes so what are some takeaways for for the audience you've already given a million but just <laughs> the 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 Summarize your top most important messages. I would say I give you permission to be happy. I give you permission to live. If you don't give it to yourself, now, now you've got it. Right now you got it. I give you permission to live. I know it gets hard. I know life gets hard sometimes. And sometimes we want to just, just put me in a tunnel somewhere and leave me there. <laughs> I know life get hard, gets hard. But stay focused on your goals. Stay focused on your dreams. Accomplish those things. Anything worth having won't be easy to get. But if you stay focused and committed, it can be done and you will get it done. And don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Yes. Nice. Did you get any insights in this discussion? Or what did you love about it? Um, the fact that you said I give you permission in the beginning, that just resonated with me because I just heard the other day and I was like, oh, wow, yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, I think that might be my new motto now. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's really good because people tend to seek outside approval. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not ready to raise their own hand or they're still raising their hand instead of just going. And mm -hmm. so the more that we can let them know, if you, if you need to hear it from someone else, I'll, I'll do it for you. Right. Right. And also when you said that her brother told her that she had other children to live for, um, I did a conference not too long ago. And one of the moms, she had, she has two children and she lost her baby. And she said she was reminded or she thought about it that, she has to live for her other children. And I don't think most people get that at first because they're sinking in their sorrows. But that was a great point as well. They, they do have other people to live for. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell us what you're doing and how people can um, connect with you. All right. So I am a grief coach. Uh, I have a book entitled Live. You can go to my website, find out more information about me at www.ishalllive.com, I-S-H-A-L-L-L-I-V-E.com. That's all my information. <laughs> all right, and we'll put that in the show notes too. Awesome. Wow. Okay, well, I am so honored to have this interview with you and you know, everybody deals with grief and loss differently. And there, there's all these commonalities. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm finding in these interviews that I'm doing, because I've just started doing these, I've mm -hmm. done about 15 or so now, is that a lot of people have get these, these very direct messages 
from um I, I can't remember everybody but i'm thinking of this one uh, woman she got this direct message from her uncle that was passed while she was in anesthesia getting mm. surgery that that she could live life without alcohol yeah actually and he died of alcoholism wow and and so she was having surgery for something completely not related and but her life was falling apart and so mm -hmm. in anesthesia she got this this message that's good and and so like you got this message and so the the thing is is that um it's just it is very interesting that people get these direct messages yes and but it also it doesn't always have to come i don't think everybody might get a direct message there's different ways that god or the universe puts the right thing in front of us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and right. so it's so it's like whatever format it comes in whether it's an opportunity whether it's direct messaging in words whether I'm, it can be a TikTok video <laughs> it can be a TikTok video it's like when when you when you feel that connection that something has exact deep meaning for you and is right for you yeah don't, don't just let it go by Right, right. Don't just think mm -hmm. it's just something. No, right. it is for you. That's for you. Uh huh. It was designed right there for you at that particular moment. The reason yeah. why you heard it in that particular time in your life. Right. I take. I don't take any of that for granted. I'm always paying attention to things that I hear and numbers, um, and colors. So if I see a repetitive, if I if I'm going through something and I see a video or see somebody say something on Facebook that resonates with me, I'm like, yeah, that was for me that was definitely for me so mm -hmm. yeah don't overlook those things because those are the signs like you said from god or the universe that he's trying to tell you that okay it's okay and this is for you yes right right and also we don't have to wait until the piano falls on our head to pay attention to things and not and stop taking things for granted we can we can do it on our own right because there's enough mm, fodder for us to figure out and make make our own way and make yes. changes we don't have yes. to so many people wait until they have this mortality moment or something you know disaster happens in their life to wake up mm -hmm. and we can wake up before then mm -hmm. okay because okay. you you can start living being more happy taking better care of yourself, making more of your life, mm -hmm. taking those risks, being courageous and doing the things that you want mm -hmm. before you have this big life disruption. I think people are afraid to, or they get stuck oh, yeah. and content where they are. So they're afraid to be happy. Uh, is it really meant for me to be happy? Do I really have this opportunity to be happy? Or they're content where they are and they're comfortable, but it's okay to step out of your comfort zone. Um, I often say, if you step out of your side of your comfort zone, there's room to grow. But if you're constantly stuck where you are, you're not allowing yourself to grow. So, and we must grow even all the time. We're here to evolve. Yes. Yes. You know, we grow in our body and for our entire life, we're evolving emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We're not, we're not just like grown up and then we're done. Yes. Right. Right. You still have to do those things to cause you to grow more. To and, and and like the the biggest regret of the dying is these things that they didn't bother to do that they could have done. Right, and that's why I, <laughs> I say that as well. I am not going to get seventy or eighty years old and wish I would have done something. If I can do it, if I feel like I want to do it, I want to try it. I'm going to try it. I went to Vegas, I think, a couple years ago, and I ziplined. Never in my life had I thought about ziplining, but because the opportunity was there, why not? <laughs> what is it going to hurt? So I went for it. So yeah, we just have to be willing to take those chances. Yeah, good for, I think that's a great way to end this. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. You're and, welcome. And Thank we, you for having me. We'll be in touch and I'll put all your information in the show notes. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
Hey there. The value that you got from this today, take it into your heart. Add value to it in your own life by putting it into practice and growing it to be part of your life, your daily habits, the takeaways that you got from this. Words and thoughts only take us so far. It's implementing on those words and thoughts that will change your life. Ideas are just ideas. Taking action on ideas is where growth happens and freedom emerges from growth. Freedom from our past invisible binding. We're here to grow and release ourselves from our past constraints. With awareness, intention, and through taking action on new choices, we evolve. In this process, we exalt our pain and suffering into wisdom that empowers us. We all have the ability to transform and become that person we yearn to be. If today's episode added value to your life, please share it with others. And make sure to subscribe to Bold Becoming Identity Retooled. And if you might, take a minute right now and leave a review so that others can find out about this podcast. If you'd like to contact me for one-on-one coaching or to get on the wait list for my Tough Stories workshop, send me an email and we'll be in touch. Be sure to check out our free Facebook group of Bold Becomers. The link's in the show notes.